Well, Central family, it's good to be with you, and I also wanna welcome those who are watching online or even in little house parties with friends or family. Uh, grateful to have uh, all of our Central family locations and uh, always thankful to be in partnership with God Behind Bars uh, in different prison facilities around the country. Thank you guys for being with us today. Well, what a week. Um, just felt like uh, sometimes, you know, different hours of the week, different things were happening and kind of new jolts and new things that we were processing. And we find ourselves today, family, facing a crisis. And it's a crisis we couldn't have imagined a month ago. It's a crisis most of us didn't even really imagine a week ago. It's a crisis a lot of us couldn't have imagined three or four days ago. And it's just ramped up at a level now that it's in all of our lives. The good news, if there is good news in this, is we have faced crises before. We've walked through 9-11, we've walked through H1N1, we've walked through SARS, we've walked through the Las Vegas mass shooting, you've walked through your own personal crises in your life, I've faced mine in my life, and not to minimize it at all, we'll face this one, and then we'll face the next one, and then we'll face the next one. And here's what I've learned about crises. The best way, I believe, to get through a crisis is together. So, our commitment is that we're gonna pray for each other, we're gonna encourage each other, we're gonna uh, uh, believe for each other, we're gonna um, be strength for each other when we're hurting. We were gonna, we're gonna sacrifice for each other before this is all said and done. We're gonna do whatever we need to do to get through it together and we're gonna lean on God. That's what the church does. That's who we are. How do you face a crisis? You face it together. Now the interesting thing about this one is together is part of the challenge. <laughs> and. So we're still talking to authorities and leaning in. Here, here's what I wanna say to you. Whether you're watching live, which is perfect, or whether you're at one of our locations, um, whether we meet next week live at our locations, or whether we're completely online or in house parties live, whatever the case, it doesn't change what I'm about to say. And that is that whatever is happening, I want you to know the church is always available. Um, it doesn't matter what comes our way. We're the last line of defense for the hurting. We are, a ref we are a hospital for sinners, not a social club for popular people. We are a place that gives hope to people when they don't have anywhere else to go. We're the place they can turn when they don't know where they can turn. And whether we're having services at locations or whether we're meeting 100% online or whether we're spread out across our cities and watch parties, meeting in different homes for the health of everyone, it doesn't change that at all. We're the church and we will be here. We will be available. So, I, um, I'm so proud of our team and of our volunteers. There's a lot that we're already doing. There's more that you'll hear about, but as you've already heard, I just wanna challenge you. If you haven't downloaded our Central app, make sure to do that. Uh, text us the word Central to 55000 so that we can connect with you and, and uh, send updates or follow us on social media. Stay connected 
because it's the best way that we can communicate with you and you can communicate with us and, and we can continue to do community uh, in this crazy time that we are living in. And here's what I believe and here's what I wanna share with you today. Uh, the headlines are scary. I believe the news is gonna get worse before it gets better. Uh, I hope it doesn't, but I think that's likely as more people are tested, as more, you know, I think, I think it's gonna get worse and it may get a lot worse before it gets better. But I want you to hang on to this. The same God who was faithful to you in your life in January and February is the same God who is gonna be faithful to you in your life today. And while I don't wanna minimize what we may be facing, and I certainly um, don't want to give an impression that we're not taking it incredibly seriously, at the same time, I want to remember that God himself will walk with us through this journey and he will see us through and we will come out on the other side. So I, I have great hope and I have a grounded faith and I wanna talk to you about how we can feed our faith in this season and starve our fears. And so before we do that, let's bow and pray and just ask God to open our hearts to his word and open our hearts to his message. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We pray in these moments as we open your word, as we study, as we explore, that you'll just supernaturally move and work. I pray that you will speak to each of our hearts and help us walk away with the message you have for us today. We thank you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. So fear is something that we're all facing right now in our culture and around our world. And it's something we all face in our personal lives. It's something I face in my life. I got lots of fears. I'm afraid of bees. Uh, I'm afraid of anything touching my eyes. Uh, I'm afraid of the routine physical when the doctor puts the glove on, looks at you and says, every, every, everybody knows if you've been around long enough, you know what I'm talking about. Puts that glove on and says, relax. I'm <laughs> like, man, easier for you to say, right? Easy for you to say when you're not the guy that's in this situation. And I think that's kind of how fear is. It's easy to tell somebody who's going into surgery, hey, everything's gonna be fine. Uh, lots of people do this, it's routine, but it's a different thing when you're the one going into surgery, when you're going under the knife, right? I mean, it's one thing to tell somebody, hey, you know what, you might face some financial hardships, but God's gonna see you through, everything's gonna be fine, don't worry about it, but it's another thing when, you know, that's real at your door and you're the person in the middle of it. It's one thing to talk about the coronavirus a couple weeks ago. It's another thing to talk about it today. And that's how fear ratchets up in our lives. It's different when it's here. So, so how do we remain faithful even when we're fearful? Today I wanna talk to you about a simple message and the idea is this, faith in fearful times. Faith in fearful times. And to do it I wanna look at one of the classic stories in the Bible, one of my favorite passages, one that many of you have heard, probably all of us have heard, uh, it may be the most famous passage of the Bible, and that is Psalm 23. It's a psalm written by David, uh, who eventually was a shepherd who became king of Israel. Uh, it's a psalm of comfort, but it's also a psalm of strength and fearlessness in the, in, in the face of some really hard situations. So let's check it out. We're gonna bring this up on the screen, Psalm 23, verse four. When we get to the red highlighted word, I'm just gonna ask you to say that out loud here with me. But here's what uh, David says in Psalm 23, four. He says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are what? Close beside me. 
close beside me. Now, don't, don't miss this. Don't forget it. I mean, David realizes he's going to go through some stuff, and he would in his life. He would know what it was to be on the run. He would know what it was to have enemies who were hunting him down. He would know what it was to live in caves while the king, the most powerful person in the land, was like trying to find him to kill him. He knew what it was to live in difficult situations. He knew what it was to lose a child. He knew what it was to, to have unfaithfulness, destroy a relationship. He knew what it was to walk with guilt. He knew what it was to walk with pain in his life. And even though all those things were real, what he's alluding to in Psalm 23 is, look, even though all that's real, it doesn't define me in the final analysis. He says, I walk through the valley of the shadow or the darkest valley. You know, in the Hebrew, it's two words. It could be translated this. I walk through the shadowest of the shadows. You ever felt like you're walking through the shadowest of the shadows? Some of us feel right now like we're walking through the shadowest of the shadows. We're walking through a dark valley with a dark virus, and we're trying to figure out our way in the middle of the situation. David knew he was gonna face things, and David would face things, but he says, even then, I will not be afraid. I will fear no evil, why? Because you are with me, you're beside me, you're here with me in the middle of this thing. We are not alone, friends, and I want you to hang on to this today, no matter what happens tomorrow or next week or next month, that the same God who created the heavens and the earth, who sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross and raise again for you, is the same God who is available to you today, who loves you. Romans 8 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And that's as true today as it was yesterday or the day before or the day before. We have headlines in the news, but there's other headlines, the headlines from God's word that we have to hang on to in our hearts and in our lives. And one of those headlines, one of the ways we can feed our faith, and here's the thing, if you feed your faith, you starve your fears. If you feed your faith, you starve your fears. If you feed your fears, you starve your faith. So we, have an, we live in a time where fear is everywhere, and fear is contagious but so is faith. And part of our role in life is to express our faith in fearful situations in such a way that it becomes contagious as well and brings hope and meaning to other people. A couple things you can, think, you can hang on to that can help us live faithful in fearful times. And the first is this, to remember that God is my shepherd. To remember that God is my shepherd. Psalm 23 begins, the Lord is my shepherd. David makes that declaration. He had been a shepherd. And what's interesting is, um, you know, there's some books that have been written down through the centuries by shepherds that give us some real insight into the shepherd-sheep kinds of relationships. And, um, you know, when you, when you study sheep, uh, they're not the most sort of dynamic animal God ever created. I mean, none of, none of the sheeps don't get, like, movies and TV shows. I mean, when you really think about it, like... Um, Flipper, you know, the, the dolphin, he got, he got a show. Uh, the Lion King, you know, they, you know, there's lots of lions in there. They get their show. Uh, when it comes to dogs, dogs, you know, Beethoven and, and uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. You know, there's all kinds of animals. They get, their, they get their show. Cats have Garfield. Come on. Cats, I mean, horses have, like, Black Beauty. Even spiders have Charlotte's Web. 
But sheep, nothing. Lamb chop does not count. That was a puppet. Not fully legit. Sheep aren't the smartest of animals. And uh, one individual wrote this about sheep that I thought was pretty interesting, just describing what they're like. It says, sheep are notorious creatures of habit. Left to themselves, they will follow the same trail until it turns into ruts. They will graze the same hills until they become desert wastes. They pollute the ground until it is corrupt with disease and parasites. Sheep are not proactive. Sheep are followers. Listen, if there's a whole flock of sheep traveling and one of them goes over the side of a cliff, do you know what the others do? I mean, you would, they start going over the side of the cliff too because they're like, okay, you know, like I guess this we're going for a ride. And you would think at some point, like one sheep would go, you know, Bob went over the side of the cliff and we never heard from him again. You know, Sue went over and there's not even a Bob. You know, like it's, just, they're just gone. But no, they just, they just walk right up to, I guess I'll go over too. And isn't it interesting that in the Bible, we're the sheep. And God is the shepherd. We're the sheep, God's the shepherd. I'm not sure that's a compliment. But we are people that need a shepherd. And sheep need a shepherd to guide them, to walk with them, to help them. And we need a shepherd more than ever today. And so, check this out. David says in Psalm 23, beginning in verse one, he says, the Lord is my what? My shepherd. I have all that I need. Just sit with that for a minute. I have all that I need. Doesn't feel like we have all that we need. Probably didn't times for David either. But he had learned, not all that I want, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. So that's our shepherd. And we need to remember our shepherd in times of darkness and difficulty. What's interesting, what jumps out to me, is David never assumes that just because he loves God and just because he's committed to God that he will never face dark valleys, right? He, he doesn't assume that like, you know, the, so he doesn't assume that, that just because he believes he won't walk through the shadowest of shadows. You know, and, and I think that's, that's important for us because it's easy in our time to sit back and a lot of people have this idea that if we love God, we have, nothing will ever uh, be challenging for us in our lives. If we love God, we'll never face difficulty in our lives. If we love God, there'll be no more valleys. It's all just magical thinking and lollipops and rainbows and amazing and you know, like everybody's dancing around to the sound of music. And then you read the Bible, the Bible challenges that on every single page. The Bible says we live in a broken, fallen world. There's sickness, and there's pain, and there's struggle, and there's difficulty. And the number one promise of the Bible isn't that we won't face those issues. It is that if we face those issues, God will be with us. The greatest problem, promise of the Bible, you read it cover to cover, the one more mentioned, the one mentioned more than any other, it is that God will be with you in the middle of the valley. God will be with you in the middle of the storm. God will be with you in the middle of the coronavirus. God will be with you when things get challenging at work. God will be with you when things feel overwhelming in your family. God will be with you when you don't have any toilet paper. 
And so we can hang on to who God is as our shepherd. And David says, I'm going to walk through the darkest valley, the shadowest of shadows. But I can do it, and I won't be afraid because you are with me. The Lord is my shepherd. Listen, we'll face darkness, but never forget in the darkness what God did for you in the light. Never forget when you're in the darkness, when you're in the difficulties, when you're in the valley. Don't forget what God did for you in the light when it was all shining down on you and everything looked easy and everything was awesome. You'll be there again. David knew he'd be there again. That's why he says, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Even though he would face the valleys, he knew that God still pursued him and love. So how do we sort of wake up to his goodness? Well, one of the things I wanna encourage you to do is to feed your faith. I mean, you've heard the phrase, you are what you eat. And have you ever thought of this? Spiritually, that's true as well. You are what you eat. And this is a great season to not only download Central's app and maybe watch old messages, listen to music, download other podcasts, start filling your mind with good things. Listen, we need, to, we need to have the news on, I believe. We can't put our heads in the sand. We gotta be aware. We need to be um, uh, vigilant. We need to kind of um, be prepared. But there comes a time where we have to go on a little bit of a diet from too much of that stuff and make sure we're balancing it with the truth of God's word in this season, right? So feed your faith and your fears will begin to starve. Feed your faith and your fears. Somebody wants to clap right there. I'm gonna let you. Thank you. I was feeling that. I receive it. And remember, God, God's my shepherd. And because he's my shepherd, I can make a declaration. I can say, God, I will trust you as my shepherd even when the news scares me. I'll trust you as my shepherd, even when people on social media are acting like there is no coming back. I will trust you as my shepherd, even when there is no toilet paper. I will trust you as my shepherd, even when the stock market is up and down. I will trust you as my shepherd, even when the experts seem to disagree. I will trust you as my shepherd, even when the event is canceled. I will trust you as my shepherd, even when I see people wearing masks. I will trust you as my shepherd, even when my hours are reduced. I will trust you as my shepherd, even when a friend of mine is told to stay home for the next few weeks. I will trust you as my shepherd through this crisis and to the end of this crisis and into the next crisis as well. You are my shepherd. God is your guide. If you randomly let your fears go, like a sheep, you could follow a whole lot of terrified people right over the edge of a cliff. Or you can look to the shepherd to say, these are real scary times. We take them serious. Guide me one step at a time, Lord. I follow you, I look to you, I trust you. God's my shepherd. Here's another thought, and that is simply that God meets my needs. That God meets my needs. Psalm 23, beginning uh, verse one, it says, I have, let's bring that up, Psalm 23, beginning verse one, I have all that I want, need, all that I need. Not all that I want, but all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And in one translation, David says, I shall not want. 
I shall not want. He says he makes me lie down. That's a good word for us. I don't know what your savings plan, fiscal plan, business plan was for 2020, but I'm pretty sure all of us just got that plan changed. And it's important in this season for us to step back and remind ourselves that there may have been a lot of things we wanted and a lot of things we even wanted to do that we're not sure right now we're gonna be able to do in this season. But God will continue to provide for our needs. And we will continue to trust God to provide for our needs. And we also recognize that sometimes the way God provides for our needs is through his people sacrificing for one another and pulling together and we walk together in the middle of the storm. And so, David says, I shall not want. Now, interesting thing about sheep. Philip Keller, the 20th century shepherd, wrote about this psalm, and, and this is what he says. He says, there are several conditions under which a sheep will not lie down. Sheep are very timid creatures. As long as they're afraid, they won't lie down. They won't risk resting. Anybody lost sleep this week? Anybody know what it is to lay there and you should be exhausted in bed and it's been hours, but you just, for whatever reason, you can't shut your mind off, you can't go to sleep, you're not sure why, you're just turning over and over and over, right? Just like sheep, when, when we're fearful, we have a hard time resting. It says because they're social creatures, and there's some tension in the flock, when two sheep are butting heads about who gets to be higher in the pecking order, they will not lie down and rest. Because they're creatures of appetite, if they're hungry, they will not lie down. If they're empty, they will not lie down. They won't lie down until they're free of fear and free from friction and free from hunger. Man, it's profound that, that the Bible calls us sheep. Because doesn't that sound just like us? We can't rest. But, but here's what I think is interesting. Keller says, what gives the sheep assurance to rest is the presence of the shepherd. When there's a really good shepherd when the sheep realize that they have nothing to fear because someone is protecting them, sheep grow quite confident in the presence of the shepherd. David's saying, I have a shepherd like that. Even though I live in a world where really bad things may happen, I'm quite confident, quite confident in my shepherd and I can rest in him. Friends, I wanna encourage you, feed your faith and starve your fear, not because there aren't serious situations that we're facing, but because you have a good shepherd who will meet your needs. You know, you know what we always say? You know what we always say to each other? We, we, we say, hey, hey, bro, I got your back, right? And this is what we say, like, I got your back. You know, God has more than your back. You know what the Bible says? It says he goes before me and he goes behind me. God's got your front and your back, your left and your right. God's got you. And we gotta remember that God has got me, he's protecting me, he will take care of my needs. Listen, in Rome, historically, when situations got 
terrible when the plague hit and much of the city evacuated? Do you know it was the Christians that stayed? It was the Christians that stayed to serve the sick and to serve those who are hurting. It was the Christians that stepped up. Sometimes they would take individuals and just dump them out on the street because they were afraid if they're in our home, then you know it could infect all of us and die. And they weren't sure how all of the sickness worked, but that's what they did. It was the Christians that came by picked the people up, sometimes at the cost of their own life, took them into their own homes and loved them and served them. But here's what historians will tell you. Up until that season, especially before that season, Christians were being persecuted by the Romans. Christians were looked down on by the Romans. But it was the way they handled a crisis that changed the perception of the Romans toward Christians. Because then they went, man, everybody else ran away. And who stood up and stood in when it cost them something? It was the followers of Jesus. And they loved, and that love became contagious. God will meet our needs. We as a church community will help meet one another's needs, and we will help meet the needs of our communities. And if we do it well, and we love selflessly, and we trust God fiercely, God will use that as a light and as an opportunity in these difficult days ahead to point people to him. Faith can be contagious. And we, by how we act and react, can help plant seeds in people's lives that fills them with hope and love and peace, even when it's hard. And so I want to encourage you, remember God's your shepherd. Remember God meets your needs. Remember to feed your faith and in doing that, to starve your fears. Fear's contagious, but so is faith. Remember God has your back. And remember this, fear says it'll never work. Faith says, is anything too hard for God? Fear says, forget about others and protect your own. But faith says, don't get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, God will bring a harvest of blessing. Fear says there won't be enough. Faith says God will provide for my needs. Fear says I'm paralyzed. Faith says I'm empowered. Fear says I'm alone. Faith says I'm never alone. Fear says God has abandoned us. Faith says God never abandons his kids. Fear says, this will be a total waste of time. Faith says, nothing you do for the Lord will ever be useless. Fear says, things will never get better. Faith says, no one who waits upon the Lord will ever be put to shame. Fear says, look at the size of these problems. Faith says, look at the size of my God. Fear says, the worst is bound to happen. Faith says, the best is yet to come. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Fear says, I don't know if I can handle this. Faith says, the Lord himself will be with me. He will not abandon me. Fear says, I'm not up to the challenge. Faith says, God himself will fight for me. Fear says, God has brought me here to die in the midst of this valley. But faith says, God has not brought me this far to leave me here. Listen, the faith virus builds community and immunity to the fear virus. Fear is contagious, but so is faith. So feed your faith, and you'll starve your fears. Some of you today, you're in a place right now in your life 
where God has been moving and working and he's stirring in your heart. You got a lot of fear, but you've never crossed that line of faith. I wanna give you an opportunity to reach out to God and to trust him in your life and to ask him to move and work and give you the peace that passes understanding. So would all of you bow your heads and close your eyes and you can begin that spiritual journey just by repeating this prayer after me. Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, I wanna ask you to just slip your hand in the air just to say before God, you're gonna follow him and you're gonna trust him in your life. Just slip your hand in the air. God, we thank you for your love. I thank you for each person reaching out to you. And I pray you will fill them with your spirit, with your goodness, with your kindness, with your mercy. For all of us, God, help us manage our fear and overcome it through your faith. We ask this in Christ's name. Let's put our hands together for those who made spiritual commitments in their life. We're thrilled for you. And if you made a spiritual commitment, uh, I just I want to ask you to do something a little different for us this week. Just will you text the word decision to 55000 and we will send you a download link of a resource that we've created called How to Follow Jesus and some materials that I think will be really helpful to you. Just text five decision to 55000 and we'll get those resources put in your hands. Well, let's put our hands together as our uh, location pastors come close out our experience. Thank you, Pastor Judd. Central, I don't know if you feel the same way I do, but one, I'm glad that God is our good shepherd, but I'm also thrilled that Pastor Judd is our pastor during times like these, as I, your feeling as well pointing us to the right thing. So thankful for him and Pastor Mike and their leadership. Hey, couple things real quick. Up on the screen are gonna come up all the ways that you can stay connected with us through our central app. If you need prayer, if you want updates, so grab your phone, just take a picture of that slide real quick. So if anything comes up this week, you have that right in front of you. Also remember, we didn't pass the offering plates today, but on the way out, there are buckets. Our door greeters have those buckets. You can just drop your envelope or your offering right in there and we'll take care of that for you. So thankful for your generosity. And hey, now more than ever, we close out our service every single week with a verse from Romans 8:31, And I think we need to hold on to that this week big time. So let's all say it together as loud as we can. If God is for us, who could be against us? Have a great week.